Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. What is the ape of the church? In the long history of the church, various mystics and saints have warned that in the later days, a false church would appear, looking like the Catholic Church, sounding like the Catholic Church, and calling itself the Catholic Church. But it would be, to borrow Fulton Sheen's description of it, emptied of its divine content. It would be a mimic church. We call it the ape of the church in the same way that Satan is called the ape of God. He apes God, meaning he imitates him and tries to replace him in the hearts of men. So too will it be in the later days. Maybe those days are now. We have an example of what this looks like in our time in the stories we'll talk about today. Francis in recent days sent a message of solidarity and frankly warning to some politicians in the European Parliament, warning them of their real duty, and he did so by starting with Catholic-sounding language. And all of that is good and right and just and a thing that you would expect a pope to do in the modern day. But then he loses the plot entirely. This, of course, happens while the worldwide synod on synodality is happening. And some acting on the fringes of the church are trying to warn the faithful and the decent bishops and priests of the church in the parts of the church, far from the power centers of Rome and Europe, to resist what is coming. Because what we're seeing is the unfolding of the ape of the church, and they practically use that kind of language. Now let's start with Francis, though, because we do like to check in with him from time to time and see what words of wisdom he has for us. And so it is his attempt to impart the wisdom of the ape of the church onto the European Parliament that we begin with. Headline from Catholic News Agency. Pope Francis sends message from hospital to European political party. Seems simple enough. Papal greetings to politicians and parties are nothing new, especially in the post-conciliar era, where the church works closely with political forces at odds with the gospel. Normally, this wouldn't be worth noting on, but Francis tells us here what he really thinks of the purpose of the church working in the world and what it really is all about with these words to the European Parliament. From the article, quote, While recovering in the hospital, Pope Francis sent a message to the largest political party in the European Parliament. In a letter to the European People's Party published by the Vatican on June 11th, the Pope urged politicians to be united on, quote, issues where primary ethical values and important points of Christian social doctrine are at stake. The Christian politician should distinguish himself by the seriousness with which he approaches issues, rejecting opportunistic solutions and always holding firm to the criteria of the dignity of the person and the common good, Pope Francis said. In this regard, you have a very rich heritage on which to draw to bring your original contribution to European politics, namely the social doctrine of the church. Think, for example, of the two principles of solidarity and subsidiarity and their virtuous dynamic, end quote. So as an aside, I rarely talk about myself here, but it's relevant to this. To earn my PhD, I wrote and defended my doctoral dissertation on the subject of Catholic social teaching. In that sentence there, Francis did what my advisors would have called, quote, using a bunch of jargon without ever defining his terms. Everything he said there was, it was basically fine. It's a bit later that he goes off the rails, and we'll get to that in a moment. But let's define the two principles of Catholic social teaching he invokes without ever defining it. And he didn't define them on purpose because he will later sort of diabolically invert their meaning. So the first of the terms is solidarity. Our secular adversaries stole the concept from us and twisted it to their own ends, as is often the case. 
Solidarity simply means recognizing other human beings as our brothers and sisters and working for their good. The greatest good we can do for them is to bring to them the gospel. But in a material sense, it is to keep the human element of central in questions of politics and economics. This is kind of where we get the idea of the common good from. We serve Christ and we serve our brothers and sisters who were made in the image and likeness of God. We do not serve the almighty GDP, nor do we serve the almighty ever-controlling party or the almighty ever-controlling state. Subsidiarity is the idea that decisions in politics and economics should be made at the most local level possible. Not all decisions can be made locally, but in general, they should be made locally whenever possible. Combined together, you get a pretty simple, pretty people-centered approach to economics and politics, and one could be forgiven for even thinking it could lend itself to a populist approach to solving social ills, because it could. But of course, Francis loses the plot with his message here. Back to the article, quote, In his message to the European People's Party, the Pope said that he views human fraternity as, quote, the great inspiring principle tackling the challenges of uh, people moving around a lot and caring for the planet. I think that fraternity can also be a source of inspiration for those who want to reanimate Europe today so that it fully responds to the expectations of both its people and the whole world. Dear friends, let us remember our origins. Let us not forget how united Europe was born. Let us not forget the tragedy of the wars of the 20th century, Pope Francis wrote. The gradual and patient work of building a united Europe. What did it have in its inspiration? What ideal if not to generate a space where people could live in freedom, justice, and peace, respecting each other in diversity? Today, this project is being tested in an integrated world, but it can be revived by drawing on the original inspiration which is more relevant and fruitful than ever, not only for Europe, but for the entire human family. End quote. Do you see what he did there? If subsidiarity is the moving of the decision-making process to the most local level possible, as Catholic social teaching has taught now for something like a century and a half, then Francis inverted the values to serve the agenda of our secular rulers. That's not exactly a new thing for him, unfortunately. He's got a long history of doing just that. The parties he was delivering the message to were a coalition of European parties that leaned for whatever passes as conservative in Europe, so they're probably not the most on board with what gets called the European Project. If you're not familiar with that, I can explain that to you very simply. The European Project is the strengthening and building up of the EU into essentially a federal republic of Europe, a United States of Europe. It's a federalizing, centralizing project for the European Union. Why the presumed pontiff has strong opinions about this beyond simply asking those involved in the project to remember human dignity and remember that most decisions are best made by local people who are affected by those decisions, I don't understand. But there we have it. At least I don't understand it outside the context of Francis being deep in the pocket of the actual adversaries of the church and, of course, for his work in establishing the ape of the church. But those adversaries want to turn the church into something new for their own ends. And an example of this comes from the Byzantine Catholic Patriarchate, which is a set of a contest organization of Eastern Catholics. They're not to be confused with the Byzantine Catholic Church, which is one of 24 rites of the Catholic faith, and who are fully Catholic despite looking to Latin Rite Catholics, that's most of you watching this now, like they're Eastern Orthodox. They're not. They're as Catholic as you and I are. The Byzantine Catholic Patriarchate is a bit of a different kind of bird, though, and they send out an article calling out the churches of Asia and Africa 
to resist a push for embracing the synod on synodality in their countries that have the end result of turning the church in their respective lands into basically the German synodal way. Remember that, right? The German synodal way. They're the real schismatics in the church right now. Since they tried to use the synod on synodality to turn the church into what amounts to being a glorified non-governmental organization, an NGO. Think basically a super charity. The German bishops in that work sought to have lay people serve as essentially the board of directors of the church in Germany, and now they're pushing for it in Africa and Asia. If adopted, this would give the power of choosing bishops for dioceses and priests for parishes up to a committee of laymen. They're doing this in the name of preventing having any more Ted McCarrick problems in the church, which will be as effective an idea in combating that evil problem as having married priests, meaning it won't be effective at all, because that's not the problem. The problem is what the German synodal way is also trying to push on the rest of the church. The acceptance of the James Martin sin is the focus of what they're pushing. They've pushed very hard to have the church's teachings on that sin change for the whole world to see. Now, the Byzantine Catholic Patriarchate, which is, again, not the Byzantine Catholic Church, but is instead a set of a contest group of Eastern right Byzantine Catholics, they're begging the church in Africa and Asia to resist this. And that's a good thing, honestly. For whatever reason, the Gateway Pundit, which is a pretty normal secular conservative-leaning outlet, published the article from the Byzantine Catholic Patriarchate. It surprised me when I saw it, and it surprised me more when a bunch of people sent this to me. Now, it's too spicy to quote extensively on YouTube. It makes some of Archbishop Vigano's spicier letters seem mild by comparison. But this quote here described what is going on. A group of activists for the James Martin program are trying to take the church over using the synodal system, and then they are seeking to force a change on the church's moral teachings onto the rest of the church. I remind you that we're, doing, we're talking about this in the month of the Sacred Heart, which the secular world celebrates something else at this time. Quote, Delegations to the Continental Assembly were represented by the presidents of the Episcopal Conferences of the particular nation and a group of lay people. They were deliberately selected from the James Martin activist circles or their fanatical supporters. The president of the Bishops' Conference was then supposed to use his authority to authoritatively introduce the anti-church conclusions reached by the synod meetings into the new program of the church. This is gross manipulation and fraud. Bishop Botzing said to the media that he did not have the impression that the Vatican was blocking the German synodal way. He referred to the disputes surrounding the so-called synodal council. It is a new body that is being established in Germany, which is mainly composed of active lay people and James Martin program promoters. The synodal council should take over the management of the church throughout G Germany, end quote. The article goes on to describe the end goal of their program being the transformation of the church into the essentially the Church of Satan, the Church of James Martin, the anti-church or the ape of the church from Catholic prophecy. And fueling all of this is the rhetoric coming out of Rome right now of human fraternity and group hugs. It's really quite remarkable. It, at least it would be if we haven't been seeing this unfold for quite a long time now. It's just really taken on steam in the latter years of the, of the Francis alleged papacy. But I am curious what you think about this. Are you surprised that both Francis and the broader synod would invert Catholic concepts for secular purposes? Remember what inversion of the truth is. It is diabolical in nature, which is why I tend to use the word diabolical and demonic in video titles, because inversion of the truth is diabolical in nature by definition. 
But I want to know what you think of all of this, so let me know your thoughts on all of this in the comments, please. Do you really believe that human fraternity is integral to the program for the church in the 21st century? Do you believe that laymen should be the ones who appoint bishops and for the entire dioceses and make the decisions on which priests should be appointed to which parish or who gets to be made a uh, priest at all? Because that's something that is in serious discussion for happening for the church now. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. As does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.